what are we going to talk about today? Mm, obviously, Apple. like, well, but obviously, <laughs> like, we we took a break from the show because yeah. of the Black Lives Matter movement, mm. and I think that we are not subject matter experts here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think we should talk about like how social media plays a part. Yeah, yeah. or doesn't. Um, yeah, we we need to like at least have a little or a little. We need to dedicate a, a talk about part it. of the podcast on to this topic mm-hmm. and then provide I, some resources i've got some uh that i've been collecting for work that i could put in the show notes as well yeah maybe we can have some uh, canada focused ones and then some mm. uh, netherlands focused ones and then also some american focused ones sick yeah i can pull that off yeah social media is hard it's interesting to talk about less I'm, I'm not yeah. going to get into it yet. <laughs> yeah, well, let's talk yeah. about it. And let's put like a time cap on it because yeah. as Owen pointed out, like we should talk about Apple. And oh my hey, God. We should and talk Zoom. about Hey separately because I've signed up and I'm using it. as talk about Hey and then talk about Apple. Yeah. And then <laughs> um, I don't know if it's like we need yeah, to have a conversation note. about it, but there's like a couple things that we were messaging about separately that maybe it was worth bringing up. Mm-hmm. Um, like Colin Kaepernick is joining Medium's board of directors. Yeah, that's interesting. The Alexis Ohanian is oh. stepping down from the Reddit board of directors. Oh, he was oh, like, yeah, "That's right." My the platform that I helped create and run is responsible for a lot of hate and racism, so I have to take a responsibility here and do action. So the first things I'm doing is I'm stepping down from the board. I'm insisting that the board try to hire a black person in my place and. All profits I get from my Reddit stock moving forward will be donated to Black Lives Matter organizations. Mm. So that that's cool. And he's like, I can't look my black daughter in the face and like <laughs> not have ruined so much of this planet. Yeah. So, um, what else were we going to talk about? I was just checking. There was also Zoom backtracking. If we get to it, it doesn't really matter too much. If not, um. No, I think that was pretty much it. It's probably oh, more than the, enough. The eBay thing. A bunch of executives were oh, yeah, tied so weird. sending like animal carcasses and live cockroaches and stuff to so journalists. Weird. And that was people, so strange. Who uses eBay? But I can react this way. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, eBay is a huge platform used in oh, yeah. most countries because they acquire the local version of eBay in their own. Australia, country. New Zealand, not Canada. <laughs> That's why I'm like, who uses eBay? <laughs> I don't think we should talk about it, but the PS5 was announced. Oh my god, the toaster! <laughs> oh my lord! It looks so Sorry, bad. the the router. <laughs> the Please thing is, talk about it for five seconds at the end. Let's use let's do it. The thing is, oh my god, the thing! I have so much to say about. I know, no, no, don't react. Let's just do it. <laughs> Wait, did you say we were going to talk about Zoom? Uh, we can if this time. But because I don't think they, it's that interesting. They did shut down a bunch of U.S. activist accounts. Oh yeah, that's right. They also dead. shut down an event for the Tiananmen Square Memorial. So, like, Zoom sucks so bad. Backtrap, and they backtrap. They're like, oh, yeah, they're also we're going to give you encryption now because everyone complained. Um, so I yep. added a note. To... Okay, let's do it. 40 minutes. Hey, you're listening to Charge Tech Podcast, episode 140 podcast that looks at tech and how it's shaping the world around us. I'm one of your hosts, Zach Grosser, and joining me are... Frederica Motti. Owen Williams. Hey, hey, it's been a while. 
We did 140. it. That's crazy. Yeah, 140 characters. That's we now lot. have to do 280 episodes. Oh my god! <laughs> Actual we'll character count. Next thing you know, it'll be like boom. We'll be there, we and then we have it. to do an audio tweet. I was about to say, I, <laughs> I was thinking about my interview podcast and maybe doing it as a series of uh, just audio tweets back and forth with a person, but they're not accessible. So oh, so shit. We're I can't believe they shipped an audio tweet that's actually a video <laughs> without captions. But um, yeah, I mean, I saw a tweet this morning from one of the product designers at Twitter, yeah. and they were like, "I'm so sorry, I fucked up. Like, I shouldn't have like released this thing think... without it being accessible." But yeah. I also noticed, and I don't know if this new tell me maybe it just rolled out for my group or whatever. But um, now you can actually make photos also accessible yes. by giving them an alt text, which is oh, something yeah, I are... haven't seen. Before. It was out in the US for a long time. For some reason, you couldn't use it. Uh, like I got it when I moved here. Like I it just know. rolled out. I've had that for at least a year. Yeah, because you probably went That's on so in the crazy. US. Got it. I didn't know that. Um, but this yeah, is just this is the problem. So the biggest thing there is I don't know if you saw the other thing. I don't know if the product designer is to blame here. But I mean, they partially are for sure because they should have been like, let's not ship this. But at Twitter, accessibility is a voluntary thing run by volunteers who have other jobs what yeah there's three yeah. people who do it on a volunteer basis and so I saw that that is shite yeah and it basically because... means everybody's like oh it's somebody else's job yeah exactly because accessibility should be in the forefront of every feature basically yes. and especially something as important like i mean twitter is important it's also not but it also is we're not allowed to ship anything that's not accessible like we have stuff that stops us yeah so... but that's yeah because like it's not like I'm, I'm, I'm just saying that Twitter is important or not, but actually, yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter. Like people should be able to access it if it's important or not. It doesn't matter. And it's not like caption, like there's, there's text to speech APIs or uh, other way around, speech to text APIs. Like they exist. Android, you can do it. Like they could. It's not like the technology didn't exist. I, th- I think that Freddie was getting at the point though of like it's the role of every designer and engineer that's touching the product to to have accessibility in mind. And I have a friend who used to work as the accessibility person at Dropbox. And they said that a huge problem with their job and would have eventually led them to quit their job is when there is someone in that role, there are certain individuals that consider that they don't have to pay attention to it because they're Mm -hmm. someone else's job. Yeah, exactly. So it like when, when we hear that Twitter doesn't have a person in that role, it's like, if my gut reaction was like, what the fuck? They definitely should have a team for that. And at right. the same time, I was like, wait a second. It also That's can everybody's end up. Job. Yeah. If you, if you give it to a specific team, other teams might consider it not something they have to care about. So that's like. That's I think a, you need a person who's responsible as in like they're held accountable at, to make it right. everybody's job. Like, I think that. It's a big old a gray area. Yeah. Well, so at Apple, the way the accessibility team works is there's a group that does research and documentation and learning and brainstorming. And they the team is made up of people of various abilities and experience levels. Right. And so what they do is they'll be like, wouldn't it be cool if you could navigate the OS mm. this way? Yeah. And then every product team has sort of like, ideas coming from them and advice coming from them and QA testing coming from them, but they're not the responsible party for accessibility at Apple. They're just responsible for like seeing if they can push it farther, which is I think cool and something that only giant multi-billion dollar companies can do. But 
I mean, there's a lot to say about Apple in general, but um, one thing they seem to be doing absolutely right is uh, accessibility. 100%. And I, yeah, I think that's incredible. Like, I also think it's good that they're not like flaunting it ever. Yeah. But yeah. they'll like, like talk about it in a keynote at the same level of every other feature. Like, it's not uh, exactly. afterthought or bigger. But what I do know is that um, people that are blind know I can buy an Apple device and use it. Yeah. out of the box right. 100%. no problems and we i know that we have been talking about google over the past year or so focusing on more accessibility i did see that in the android 11 beta mm-hmm. if you go to marquez's uh youtube channel he shows how to navigate with voice and how it's done historically is there's a little number on everything mm-hmm. so you could say like number five mm-hmm. but Google has added, like, the since Google Assistant can identify visual things, yeah. you could say, like, open the Instagram app, new post, and yeah. it knows what those things are. So it's What's more like natural here? language. It's kind of cool. That is yeah. sick. But that's that's exactly it. It's like Google has realized now how important it is, and they're behind. And, like, they have the technology that they can do a little bit of leapfrogging, but they're so on the back foot there as well. Like, yeah. Yeah. So... Um, I actually think that's a, I didn't expect to talk about Twitter at all, uh, because I was expecting to talk about Black Lives Matter first, which, yeah. which is actually a good transition, I think. Because um, we've been quiet for two weeks now, yeah. um, to like really give this a little bit of a thought and like let it settle and also, you know, give space for other people to say things that are more that aren't white people yeah exactly (laughs) because like i'm so aware that we're just like three white people uh making a podcast i mean at at least we're not three white men but is is it like that much better i don't know um oh boy (laughs) yeah it's i think uh my my personal feeling and when we talked about this it was very much about elevating other people's voices and it felt uh, I was really actually quite torn on it because I think personally it's also a problem to be silent. Uh, but that's <laughs> hence why we're like, hey, Black Lives Matter is actually happening now. And I think, look, everybody, if you logged on at all in the last few weeks, you know what's going on. Um, well, depending well, on the platforms that you use. That's true, actually. Yeah, if but you use like Facebook, tic- you may not. TikTok uh, completely removed the Black Lives Matter hashtag. Whoa. At some point, they've received a, a lot of criticism for it. Very wow. justified. They have brought it back and they said it was an accident. Sure. But I don't know if you're familiar uh, with the, the Boogaloo thing that's happening right now. It's this right wing militia bullshit that's uh, happening. It's like a clan group, pretty much. And uh, it's the number one trending thing on TikTok today. And yikes. has 1.1 million like uses of the tag or use or how i can't remember what metric but um so tiktok is not like if that's the platform you're on you're probably not getting you you might not be aware of the black Mm -hmm. lives matter movement and that's scary and that's sort of why i wanted to talk about this in the tech sense of like each platform has its problems i feel like twitter is like it has been the raw feed of everything and it's really interesting to see how like facebook I don't use it, but like what I have read about it right now is that it's not the same at all. Like if you want to see what's really happening, you don't go to Facebook for this. Also, Um, I mean, Facebook, like if you look at the demographic, right? Like Facebook is in my opinion or in my, what, in my experience, let's put it that way, mostly like older boomy boomer 
boomers. The act of posting people, yeah. Yeah, people that share, people that comment, stuff But it, like it's that. also because, like, on Facebook, the top news source is still Fox and, like, they – and, like, whatever these other horrible ones are in the US. But they – and Facebook, in the midst of all of this, said they wouldn't take down false information. And I think, Zach, you told me that Twitter actually was having its big, biggest week ever um, at some point during this. And I think it's really telling that, like – Twitter is the one platform, even though it's full of Nazis and it's horrible, don't get me wrong, uh, where people go when they want to get the word out, like and like right. without an algorithm. Even I know there's an algorithm, but to Twitter's credit, you actually do get a sense of like really what's happening in the world. And it has been overwhelming. It has been a lot. That's yeah, why I, I was f- like, oh my God, like we need to take a beat. <laughs> I feel uh, that um, the way uh, Twitter always seems to play a role in any protest or any big thing going on in the world is that like it always feels at that moment like it's the platform for the people to do journalism on from their view kind of Mm -hmm. um it's it's the way to show what's actually happening on the forefront to bigger groups yeah um i mean we've seen a lot of quite shocking footage to be honest Mm -hmm. on um from protesters not from protesters from cops yeah. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, the of, cops of, in of, protests. Not yeah, of cops. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, hmm. exactly. Um, and and but also a really interesting um, thread I saw was um, one of um, just black people going about their day, and then just like a white Karen coming out to say that mm-hmm. they're doing suspicious things. Yeah. One of the people that I saw in this. Uh, thread was was a guy in a UPS uniform with a cart with parcels on it mm. and the woman came out and she was like you're you're being suspicious oh why God. are you being so suspicious and she's he was just like I'm literally a mailman yeah like I have to go around <laughs> giving people boxes like wait. yeah <laughs> like and she's like why are you like running around with your little cart and stuff and he's like mm-hmm. because I'm the mailman I'm and like, she was uh, just like, yeah, but like, I don't feel oh safe and like cars have been broken into. It was horrible to see, but also very good to see because this is this is happening every day uh, and, and has been for 400 years. In and I think this is yeah. for a lot of us. It was like, oh, this is like, wow, this is so confronting, like whatever. And everyone's like, no, like, no, this is just reality. Like, and yeah. you're just seeing it now. And I think for me, well, I was like, holy fine. shit white people are seeing it now. that's what it, sorry yeah. that's what i mean it's like people uh i saw a lot of reactions on twitter like oh my god there's so much going on i can't believe this and it's like well it has been this way yeah the yeah. entire nothing time. new happening i think um one of the things that is different now is that everybody's home and online mm-hmm. and there's 45 million people in america that are jobless yes all of a sudden mm-hmm. so I think that's sort of the, there's like a perfect storm there that made the killing of George Floyd different mm-hmm. because yeah. cops have been doing that every day in America for since yep, we've exactly. had cops. But so, now people can actually protest as well. Like they don't have jobs to go to. So like they're marching in the streets and that's why it's so dramatic as well. It's like people, like you said, people have time. Yeah. Um, and they are showing up. And I think it's not just like, it's not just a small group of people. It's like literally everybody. Well, and it's not even if you have a job and you're sitting at home working, you're not sitting in your office. So you might have Twitter open or yeah. instead of that commute time or that lunch yeah. time where you're with your colleagues or on the train, you're you're going to be on 
Twitter. Or, Definitely. You know, whatever. So <laughs> yeah, there's there's that sort I of thing. I deny that. Also. Yeah. But the role of social media is a very interesting one. And mm-hmm. one thing that I have been seeing that comes with it is uh, people kind of policing each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, In real time. But also people not really being productive with it too. Right. For instance, the whole black square thing that was happening on Instagram. Right, right. Not productive. Um, that was the opposite of being helpful, yeah. Yes, literally Black Lives Matter UK said, listen guys, can you please remove it? Because it's not helping. It's right. not doing anything. This is not solidarity. This is ruining weeks, months, maybe even years of work, of resources mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. are under those hashtags. Even if you don't use them, maybe someone else will right. post them and use the hashtag again. Please just right. stop doing it. Use a different and one. Then, <laughs> and then I, I was like talking about this to people. Like, hey, maybe it's a better idea to like not do it or whatever. This was in a Slack group. So it was like a, a group mm-hmm. conversation. And there was a bunch of people that posted the square and some of them were like oh but like why not both like it's nice right like it's nice to show solidarity and da 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 but I also felt like it was almost um okay so when this whole thing started happening a lot of people felt extremely white people felt extremely uncomfortable and I Good. think that a lot of people also felt I was gonna say helpless this is the point, but yes they should and, feel and yeah. and like I think a lot of people went to like do a thing like the black square and felt a yeah. little bit better about yeah. themselves. Where indeed what you're saying is, it's our job to be uncomfortable. Yeah, sit with it. <laughs> like it, this, exactly. this is how it should be. And it, I would encourage anybody listening actually to listen to this week's reply all if you haven't already, uh, because it's actually kind of about this performative uh, reparations they call it. Yeah, uh, where these white people Venmo uh, their black friends money for a coffee, and they're like, "What is this shit?" And it, it's, right. I think it's a similar gesture in that way. I mean, look, I, I, I can't judge that, but I felt that it was silencing people who really needed something right exactly. at the time. It's especially a movement that literally is organized on social media yeah. via hashtags that to disrupt the hashtag is disrupting the movement. And to the point we were making about how the different platforms are different right now, Instagram's algorithm literally means that you saw black squares on your timeline for days and days and days after supposedly it was going to be a singular day. Yeah. So that's like also a huge problem. Um, We noticed just like, you know, this is anecdotal because it's like me and my partner's Instagram, but we noticed that we saw nothing about Black Lives Matter or George Floyd's murder until days after. That's because people aren't engaging with the squares, right? So, No, I mean before the black squares. Oh, like, right, right. Literally just like normal people posting wow. stuff and going to the Explore tab just the because Instagram is slower based on its algorithm and because of the medium that that entails that just like we were reading like breaking news and watching police violence second after second on YouTube or on Twitter all day and then going over to Instagram and it's still somebody's like hike. I don't know, like COVID joke from the week before. It's just, that's another problem. That's the Facebook game, right? Yeah. It's, it's it's very much like this. Um, But yeah. So I, I, I think like, 
what I've been heartened by is that uh, at especially at work we've been talking about this a lot, uh, which is interesting because like before, like you know, people aren't bringing up these topics usually in the workplace necessarily. It's usually in the like, oh, we just put it in the resource group over there, um, and so we're really actively um, having that conversation at work, and I think the thing that I've at least learned in the last week or two weeks uh, is that it's also my responsibility to have that conversation, not to leave it to other people. Uh, and even in the workplace and even from microaggressions to like hiring, it's really important to actually not uh, wait for somebody else to post the thing or like bring exactly. it up in the meeting and that right. kind of thing. Because like, especially if you're the person of color in the entire org, you don't it's, want to be the one who has to bring it up. No, you, you really want to avoid the thing that happened in high school a lot. I remember this like vividly where we would have like philosophy class and there would be like a discussion about like racism or colorism or anything really. And everyone would be like looking at the one like black kid in the class, like what is your opinion on this? And yeah. it's like so cruel to be like singling someone out instead of like letting them have you know, their own um, timing and, you know. It's not the responsibility of black people to end white supremacy. Yeah, exactly. It's the responsibility of white people. And yes, exactly, exactly. Yeah, so as it applies in your workspace, as it applies in everybody else's lives, like, it's it's not, it's not the black person's role to educate you, to solve the problem. They are literally just fighting for their lives. Mm-hmm. What, what is super like, sad is that you have there to was own like, that there was this list of people in like higher positions in the C-levels in like companies. And if there already was a black person, it was only one usually. And Mm -hmm. what was our title? Diversity Diversity something. And I'm like, (sighs) well, (laughs) it's not it. That's tokenism. That's honestly the best case scenario right now in most tech companies, because what is very common is that diversity and inclusion is put on somebody on top of the responsibilities for no pay. Yeah. Yeah. And I've seen in the same vein of it as accessibility thing, almost like do this yeah, thing voluntarily. Exactly. Yeah. And I've seen hundreds of threads on Twitter. It feels like about a company comes out with their statement about black lives matter. And then all of a sudden it's like, bullshit i worked there for two years i was responsible for diversity inclusion and i was not compensated for it and it's what led me to leave your stupid fucking company and you just see that over and over again and i'm really glad that twitter is a platform where people can call that out and their voices are getting amplified so that somebody that works for that used to work for slack has the same level of voice right now as Stuart butterfield that runs slack yeah but it's also scary Like, calling people out on Twitter is super fucking scary. Hmm. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. It takes a lot of guts to do it. And I think what is Because you could compromise your position. People are doing it. Yes, exactly. But right now, the the playing field has been leveled in a way. It's like, like Zach said, like, if you're Stuart or if you're a random person at that company and you tweet about it, if you get to that point. I'm a random person, the former diversity and inclusion person. That's Sorry, I didn't know who it was. That's what I meant. Like, if you're a person at the company, you have as much of a voice on Twitter right now. The biggest challenge is actually, A, being in a position where you feel comfortable doing that and B, like, I don't even, the fact that it has to come to that is crazy. The problem is the death threats. Yeah. Like, immediately, 
every black person, every woman that stands up for themselves, it's death threats, doxing. It, like that's, that's, that's the, the problem with Twitter as yeah, well. Exactly. Right. Like, yeah, I don't think we should praise them too much on this uh, thing, but um, what yeah, I was going to say is to clarify, uh, we're not. Uh, I will, I'm, I've got some like resources that I can share uh, in the show notes. Uh, I'm going to like send to Zach immediately uh, um, that you should read. I think especially uh, we're actually recording this on June 10th. Um, and so I have some resources for that that you should read about as well. Uh, so please, like if you're listening to this part of the podcast, go and click those. Those are the most important things you should read about. Yeah, I guess like the the last thing I'll say is I've, never been one to push people to pick my social media platform of choice but i think right now if you're not on twitter you're not getting the whole story yeah yeah because yeah. it's not just instagram and facebook that are not covering or sh- having a fair share of black lives matter movement it's not tiktok only is the only place where it's being deprioritized it's everywhere people are getting mm-hmm. And I think so I think it's important to be on Twitter right now because you're hearing directly from the organizers of movements directly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. Because when the whole black reach you. the whole black square thing when it was going on, I felt like there was a delay in people taking them down, for instance, because they weren't on Twitter. You know? Mm. They were seeing how the people that they were solidarity soli- trying to be st- showing their solidarity to we're like what the fuck are you doing stop doing it mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. and it's also dangerous because at some point i was like this whole black square thing is kind of like the right wing's wet dream yeah so a lot of people actually suspect it's it it feels like a conspiracy theory that like mm-hmm. this was a disinformation campaign that was started by like the u.s government because right. They literally have playbooks like this, and right, right. it's all about not necessarily stopping a movement in whatever format you can. It's like getting the movement itself to self-sabotage. And yeah. so yeah. this is, like Freddie said, guilty white people wanting to feel like they did something, mm. and yeah. it was weaponized. Right. And so one thing I really want to say, and I really, 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 if you're going to post something on on twitter on instagram whatever please please do a little bit of research what you're Mm -hmm. doing Mm -hmm. think a little bit before you do it and don't do it because your friends are doing it do it because there's a message in there that you really want to like spread or reshare somebody else's voice like (laughs) yeah but even if you reshare someone else's voice dive in a little bit yeah yeah you know, don't don't go blindly like, oh, this is a black person, so it's right, is it right or something. Right. Maybe it's like a bot or something. Just hundred percent, hundred percent. You know, like just do a little bit of research before you go and share things because spreading misinformation is really easy. These and days. I think that's why Twitter added that thing <laughs> where it's like you're retweeting this without having read it. Like, are you sure you want to do that? And I think there's something in that um, that tells you <laughs> that this is going on. Yeah. To, to Freddie's point, like when you're doing research too, like also see who wrote that research because an example of this is um, Killer Mike did a mm-hmm, speech mm-hmm. in Atlanta somewhere and it, it went viral and um, it was a lot of white people being like, this is oh, amazing. Yeah. You need to watch this. And a lot of black people I was following was like, this ain't it. 
yeah this, this is distract- <laughs> yeah this is literally distracting from our movement don't follow him here's all of our receipts from the shit he's done over the years mm-hmm. that we don't agree with mm-hmm. and so if you see if you're doing if you it's not just like reading the research but it's also making sure your sources aren't yeah exactly that's what i people. yeah that's what I mean with like do some research. Like, who is the source? Where is it coming from? What are they actually saying? What does a th- doing a thing like this entail? Like, if I have like this black thing square on my Instagram page, will that actually help anyone? Because when the black square thing was happening, I saw a bunch of people that were um, searching the tag and were saying to everyone who did use the black lives matter hashtag like can you please not use mm, this mm-hmm. that means that someone was sitting at their computer all morning or all day mm-hmm. doing that because some idiots like they didn't think about it yeah you know crazy i don't know i also feel um to talk a little bit more about like the white fragility and the white guilt mm-hmm. it's also okay to do good things to talk about this stuff in real life to donate money without showing it all yeah. the time. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. You don't have to post it. <laughs> you don't have to post it. And, and posting like you at a protest is worse because you're probably doxing a protester. Exactly. Yeah. There's a really good yeah. app that like does real time face blurring actually that got released during this. I can put it in the show notes, but like one of these like startup labs, like kind of banged it out so that you can like take a photo and it blurs people and crowds so the police can't use but it to what i'm saying is like going to a protest is not a photo opportunity right right it's Freddy, not 100%. it's not like kendall jenner like pepsi ad shit Fuck like... that so much like it's really 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 bad and I, I feel like a lot of people feel really good for going to like protests and like want to show it off and everything because they feel like they show but also their I coffee am. off or whatever um but like this is not it you can't do that Um, so and but i also feel that um, a lot of people are afraid that um so there's a bunch of people that are tweeting oh people who are letting their timeline go back to normal are the problem or whatever um and i think that's super judgy too because if you don't have anything good to say just don't say anything and just act appropriately like in the actual world you know right but uh, yeah so i i don't necessarily agree i think if you don't know what to say right now going back to normal is not it either like yeah, just yeah. don't, don't ignore, well don't ignore it i think yeah is the is the thing is i think like the way i look at it is the the thing i found jarring was the people who didn't say anything at all and then just continued tweeting the whole time like um but like isn't it like i mean not everyone had their wake-up moment like yeah, a couple of weeks ago 100 you know? and i think that like i will say that i think um and maybe this is just a really shitty take, but so please tell me if it is. <laughs> the whole point of this podcast is bad takes. Um, but I think that uh, I'm trying to figure out how to actually articulate this, and I don't think I have a thought, so <laughs> never mind. No, I just think like you have to say something. Yes. And you have to do your homework, like we talked about, so that you're not saying a stupid thing or distracting from the moment. Yep. And you can share your hot selfie as well. But if you were just silent about Black mm-hmm. Lives Matter and then went back to posting the shit like you did before, it feels tone deaf. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, oh, I was letting I'm other not people saying talk. <laughs> you can't ever post a selfie again. I'm just saying, like, I'm going to look at your page and see nothing about black people getting murdered mm-hmm. and just 
your selfies from before and your selfies from after. And I'm, I'm, I am going to be judgy about that. Cause what it says yeah. to me is that, yes, you maybe didn't know what the right thing to say, but saying nothing is complicit. Like, but like, just because like someone doesn't post about it in real on their social media platform doesn't mean they don't care or they don't talk about it in real mm-hmm. life. Maybe mm-hmm. they are doing the work. Like I, I'm just saying like, you know, like if they're talking to their, to their like racist uncle, and they're not yeah. posting about it on Instagram because yeah, I think they're not just like, I'm doing the work. Hello. Yeah. You know, like, well, that's the thing with the like reparations. Hence why I would encourage you to listen to that podcast is like, it was really interesting because these people were like sending coffee to their friends and then making a screenshot of it. And I'm like, yeah, this is just crazy. Or like there was one guy and in, in one of the examples that like apologized to his black friend, then DM them a one day later to like, ask if you could post it and i think this is this is it it's like that's the problem i don't want to see your the text messages between you don't show me the gesture you did (laughs) yeah i just want you it's a platform that you have no matter how many followers you have it you have a platform so use your platform i'm not saying use it to show what you did i'm just saying you have to use it to try and educate Mm -hmm. your followers as you're learning stuff because it's our responsibility as white people to do that work not our black friends Mm -hmm. to be posting education for white people to learn you have white people that follow you that you know in your life you have to be educating 100 percent. and i totally get the i don't know what the right thing to say is but i try to explain this to people like you're learning anything okay so let's say you want to learn how to cook but you're kind of afraid to get in the kitchen because if you fuck it up you ruin dinner but like that's how you learn, right? So you you have to do the uncomfortable thing as you're learning to get better. And this is the same thing. If you don't know enough about racism, like do some learning, make some mistakes. When someone corrects you, calls you out, you accept it. You're like, Correct. I fucked yeah. up. Yeah. I this is me learning like trying to do better. Piano. You play a bad note. Just, <laughs> yeah, just being quiet is like you it's just like just i just quit trying to learn how to cook because i burned a chicken once it's once and you're I like chicken once and it came out bad i am therefore never cooking again and it's like okay well you didn't learn that how to cook so yeah, yeah no i understand but like I, I i'm just like sometimes it also feels that um like just just people being like extremely bitchy on twitter is mm-hmm. also not going to help you know I, yeah. I, honestly, I disagree. I think that we need to be uncomfortable right now. I'm uncomfortable, and I am trying to come to terms with that. So <laughs> it's, uh, it's been a it's been an interesting few weeks. Yeah, I think white people being uncomfortable right now is the first step. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So. I do like thousand percent agree there. Yeah. Um. Hey. <laughs> I'm like, man, I didn't know how to segue. I will say, Freddie, that when has you been went... a weird juxtaposition on my timeline in amongst <sighs> all of this. Is launching an email app into the middle of this? Look, like they weren't going to delay it, but wow, what a weird debate. I think, they did del- I think they delayed it a week or two, I think. Yeah, um, I, I think they did. Because too. of COVID, not because. What a juxtaposition, matter. though. But um, yes, somebody launched an email app. It honestly has been really helpful for me to weed out some people I follow where if yeah. they're tweeting about WWGC or <laughs> the Hey inbox and uh, not Black Lives Matter, I'm like, I like, why were you quiet for one and not the other? Yeah. And yeah. Um, 
yeah, so uh, hey for everybody living under a rock or if you're on Instagram. Honestly, and probably nobody keep, knows about it. <laughs> hear about it in a while. Uh, the the co-founders of Basecamp decided that email sucks. And specifically, their biggest problem was with tracking pixels. It started with the yeah, superhuman conversation like two oh, years ago. Oi, oi, oi. They I fucked forgot up, about eh? that. Yeah, and so they were like, emails should block those and should be ad-free and we shouldn't mine your data and stuff. So they decided to like make their own email client and hosting service, I guess is what it's called. Like, So it's at hey.com it's right now. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's, a, it's complicated because it's not just an email app. It's like a whole thing, right? It's like hosting, full email address, everything. And the last time that launched, I can't even remember, Fastmail, ProtonMail, one of those. Um, this is how uncommon that is. Uh, and it's got some like quirky ideas like it's very different and like you screen all of the people who email you before they can get into your inbox and they don't have archiving email which is the thing that drives me crazy uh you oh, can, I, li- like, I like it i like it but i'm, I'm as a person who's really easily distracted i i really value inbox zero by wait, being able to put it away wait do you use it do you yeah, use I mean, yeah because it does give you inbox zero. Yeah. It's just like the archive is just this like below the fold situation. That's the problem that I have though is because I can see it, it's something that couldn't pull me in. And so, but I could always just write some CSS to hide it. Like it's probably not that hard. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I'm going to say it. Hey's not for everybody. Oh, yeah. It, honestly, I was trying to think yesterday who the target audience is and I couldn't figure it out. It's, it's not people it's, who are working with using it for work. Well, they just released the sign-up form for the work version. Right. I think that will come, but Which, right now it's not for that. I used to use Front App, you know, mm. Front App for, it's like specifically a work inbox situation where Both you right. and your coworkers can comment in between mm-hmm. emails yep. so that, that the client doesn't see. Yeah. So they're adding that to, hey, which is, I think, interesting. Smart. Uh, there's that a lot sounds of really, really good. Cool I really like that, like, um, thing where you could comment between um people that work together i don't know um i saw wow i i was looking up a tweet from a person that i saw which was interesting i'm gonna dig it up but the the tweet that i'm just like presented with is one at one person asking hey are hey invites still a thing Hmm. and then someone responding with yes and then they are showing a screenshot of um hey invites being sold yeah, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, this happens every time. I think there's actually, and that's something important to talk about, is that there's two things going on here, right? It's a new email hosting service with a new client, and there's a gold rush for usernames. Like, you just ha- like we haven't any had, platform. Yeah, but we haven't had that in email in a long time. Getting a good right. email address is fucking impossible, let alone at a three-letter domain. That's bonkers. I have yeah. Owen at hey.com, which is insane. I'll pay for that just to keep it. Sure. Sure. Okay. So the tweet I was like going to reference is by Sam uh, and his ad is uh, at Sam Lilbeek. We'll add it in the show notes. He said, what Hay and Superhuman have proven is that you don't have to find a problem to reach a product market fit. Mm -hmm. Just look at an existing tool slash workflow and critique it and then build a product based on the critique. This results in a beautiful opinionated design. Um, They are not for everyone but for a passionate group of well, the power is... users that are willing to pay. People always mm-hmm. want to do same things in different ways. Some, mm-hmm. Sometimes these are very different ways, but more often than not, they're very simple iterations of existing workflows. 
And I think this is I think this is the bet that Hay is making. I think that Hay uh, we saw I think the last arc of technology was like genericizing tools for everybody. And yeah. Gmail, Google got really good at that. They're like, here's Docs, here's Sheets. Like, it works a certain way. Fuck you. <laughs> like, it doesn't do much. And then this, there's a new wave of tools that I think Google completely missed, which is like Notion and like Coda and Airtable and Hey, because they work in weird ways. They're not for everybody. That's the part I want to focus on. There's so much Hey takes to be talked about, about how they're selling two-letter domains for all this shit. But we talked about this two years ago mm-hmm. when Owen was building out the charged community sure. about how Owen said, I don't, I don't want a million users. Right. My goal is to serve a, a certain amount of people where I can make a certain amount of profit. Sure. Yeah. A few thousand, a few thousand, but I just want to make a quality product for a subset of people, like the right people. Yeah. And that's Notion. The product market fit on Notion is like the people who love Notion are like militant about it. That's what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, and then there's also a big group that's like Notion fucking sucks. And that's fine because the people who are paying are very happy, and it will exactly. be the same. Sorry, that, that's what I'm saying with your point about Google. Is like Google literally is trying to satisfy everybody. A and billion it's lit- is the metric for them. It's literally how over the course of the past decade, Apple has dissatisfied so many pros. Right. Is Apple was like. Let's make this for as many people as possible. Yeah. And same with their live events. Uh, Apple went from this is a developer audience event to this event is for everybody. And (laughs) all the high tech, all the like tech enthused people were disappointed because they weren't getting exactly what they wanted anymore because Apple's serving a wide range of people. So Google is never going to make Gmail in a way that the people that like Hey are going to like Gmail because they're trying to make Gmail for a billion people. Mm-hmm. And so I I like Hey because it's just another player in the game yep. and they're different and they're not trying to get a billion users. Yeah. And I think that I would like to see every product get disrupted in this way. But that's, I think, the thing that we're coming full circle on tech. This is how it was when shareware was a thing. Like... People made all sorts of weird shit that worked for certain people and not for, like Evernote is such a funny example of this <laughs> yeah. to me. It's like Evernote is exactly that. People are like, why doesn't like Evernote's like the failing unicorn? No, it had a really good product market fit. It had like 200,000 people paying them. That's fucking great. But the problem that VC money did is you had to go wide and you had to go deep at the same time to suit everybody. And it meant that it was like shallow for most like you never got these weird niche features that would not work they just get killed google read it and another example and i think this new wave is like people building shit just because it's cool and their brain works slightly differently and they want something that works for that oh yeah so i was talking about hey with a friend and he said something interesting too he's like um actually gmail has a lot of these features they just have like shortcuts and no one just knows how to use those and they're not very prominent so i think gmail is actually quite a good example of an email app i guess that is um surface level for everyone but if you want to be a pro at it you can also like dive in deeper but it means that those features don't go too deep as well that's like you want to be a power user well we have them sort of there but like it's kind of jank because it's on top of the basic part and i think historically that hasn't played out very well because power user like it makes it worse like you've seen this with mac os over the last like five years is like that all that shit's there but it's just kind of buried and not very good time machine is maybe a funny example of that um 
But I, I just think, think email is extremely boring. Oh, I think it's very boring, but we're all stuck with it. <laughs> I know. I, I think the whole hey conversation just reminds me, like, it's just like the people that, you know, you post about your Surface laptop. Yeah. And you're, if you look at any of Owen's tweets about Windows, there's all these, like, Apple people being like, well, but it's not Mac OS. So many whole like, dogs. You know what? Not everything's for everybody. And you don't need to share your opinion about it. Yeah, so like you can look, use what you want. <laughs> hey made a big splash because there was this run on usernames mm-hmm. and the Apple thing we're going to talk about. Yeah. But you don't, I don't care that you don't like it. Yeah. I also don't care if you like it. Like it, it just, I don't know. The weird opinion game happening at this moment in time is like Owen said, like a stark contrast to see on your Twitter feed. Yeah. It's a bunch of people complaining about an email app and it's like emails exist for 30 years. Let's quickly talk about the Apple thing. I might have to like jet uh, partway into it, but you can keep going. So, hey, the biggest problem that hey has is they actually might just get screwed by Apple on this. And it is so interesting what is going on right now. So, for context, if you didn't hear, European Union announced that they're actually doing two investigations into Apple for antitrust. The first one is... Um, about Apple Pay, how it's the only payments uh, network on iOS. So Apple doesn't let other, like Google Pay can't release a wallet or like oh. Visa can't. So it's, that's that's actually really big, but it's not getting much noise right now. I think it, I think it will matter later. Uh, the bigger one that is more controversial, it feels like, and more prominent is that Apple ha- takes a 30% cut from developers, which hot take, I think that's fine. <laughs> um, but the they also don't allow third party billing. They don't allow you to mention your website. They don't allow X, and they like Spotify can't mention that you can sign up on the web. And the Kindle store can't be in the Kindle app. Exactly. And so the, that's the TLDR of this. And the reason that it's interesting is that on the day that the investigation was announced, which was by the way prompted by Spotify, who launched play, uh, Time to Play Fair. We talked about it previously. Uh, is on the same day, Apple was like, no, hey, you are going to be removed from the app store because you don't allow people to sign up on your app and they can sign up on the web. And like... Specifically the Hey app. I know you said yeah. it in a sentence, but it sounded yeah. like you were saying, hey, you. Yeah, yeah, sorry. And so it, what was really interesting about this is like, it was probably the most egregious example of like Apple doing this. Like usually you can... Like the Spotify does this. Like if you download the Spotify app, you log in, there's just nothing. And, like, they can't mention that you have to sign up on the web. Like, this, the rules say you're not allowed to do that. And Apple this time was like, no, you're not allowed to do that. It's a bad user experience to leave people with nothing. So, you either have to implement subscriptions or you can't be in the app store. And I think this is the first time that we've seen a public example of this going on um, where Apple is, like, suddenly demanding that people have to be able to use their 30% cut. It's basically extortion. It's like... Oh, well, you, you can pay on the web, so you have to pay in the app. Or you can't exist. Right. And uh, DHH is the, one of the co-founders of Basecamp. And Very loud, obnoxious. Yeah. He made a good point, I, th- I think, through his, like, screed about it. Uh, <laughs> screed is the right way to put it. Is a- Apple said that you pay 30% because you have the benefit of access to our customers, access sure. to our marketing. And he said, okay, fine unlist us on the app store uh-huh. you can't search the app store and find sure. us you can't discover us through any charts or anything yeah. but let us have a button on our website that goes to the app store page sure. and i thought that was the most fair argument of hey apple if you want your 30 percent cut 
for me to show up in search, for me to show up on the charts, fine. It's basically but if, how it works on the Mac. Yeah, you just have to let me have a listing that I can link to so people could download it on your phone. And I thought that is probably the solution that we'll end up with. I think Europe will force them. That will yeah. be the thing. As Honestly, I actually hadn't thought about that take um, at all. And it's interesting because I think it solves a lot of the problems. It's like if you're exploiting Apple's things or whatever they want to claim, that is the out. Um, it doesn't make them required to mention like the bad experience goes away. Um, and maybe like I think there's an additional thing Apple could insist on there that's like, I don't know, you have to still pay us like 1%. If we, like, I, like I think there's ways around. And the, the, I find the debate about this really frustrating because it's like if some a friend of mine here make it, made a really good point this morning. It's like if you compare it to the Mac, it's, it demonstrates the problem. The App Store is on the Mac, but most developers choose to not be on it um, for various reasons. Uh, and I think like that is a good example of like the fact that the reality is very different on iOS is you don't actually have a choice. You don't have a choice. If you're like for Hay in particular, it's a good example of like people that one argument I've seen against it is like, so don't put your app in the app store. Well, you just lost 50% of your market. Yeah, exactly. That's crazy. Or even more maybe because At like I, I can imagine that the Hey audience is like a, an iPhone audience. Well, too. and for, for email app to not exist on a platform it's just like absolutely bananas to insist it's like saying like gmail should also have to uh offer subscriptions in that because you can sign up like and slack the slack is a bad experience you end up in it and the only option is sign into your corporate shit like it's the same it's the same thing yeah it makes i'm like just to paint the antitrust picture for people that aren't familiar it's not that it's like Yes, it's an Apple-made device and Apple-made software, so Apple gets to say. Apple has competing products that they that, make money on. That's, that's that complicates big, it further as that's well. That's the part. Like, um, well, I think it's so both. The, I think it's both. It's when they compete, it's even more unfair. And when they're not competing, they, can, right. they also get a cut. And I think it's just completely bonkers that it's really hard to unpick. They've done it intentionally. <laughs> So there's this small indie like um, like Kindle competitor that right. was tweeting about this. Uh, I Kobo. can't remember the name. I'll find it. Uh, yeah. What did you say? Kobo. Yeah, Kobo. Canadian. So they compete with the Apple bookstore. And so Apple sells a book for $9.99. Kobo sells a book for $9.99, but Apple takes 30% of it. So same Apple with can literally discount that same book and sell it for $6.99 and undercut Kobo just because of the 30% thing. And that's mm-hmm. that's where this becomes really, really unfair. And so it's the same with email providers and whatever else you can imagine, Spotify and, and I think and- it's also because the rules are applied um, uh, inconsistently. Like they're saying, they say the technicality is if it's a reader app. So it's like something that consumes something on the web. Slack is an example. Uh, then oh. that makes sense. Oh, that's how you get out of it. And I'm like, no. Email, emails, email works that way. What are you talking about? They just make it up shit. Like money printer go burr. Uh, but also like one, like next to all of this, I think 30% is a really big cut. I think it's a big cut, but like if the rest didn't exist, I think it's excusable. I think if there was a, the option as there is on the Google play store to use Stripe, if you want, um, it's excusable. It, I think like the, it, to, in my mind, it boils down to like, they should have to just compete. It will like the, the, the choice will still be there. I think most developers will still choose the Apple thing because it's so much work to do the other thing. It is so much work. 
And like, it's not like nobody, like I'm not saying that they shouldn't be allowed to charge money if you use Stripe. I think they could charge 5% if you use Stripe as a, as a platform fee, whatever. It's not unreasonable. Just give people choices. Also, it's like, it's kind of lazy. Like, uh, you know, they punish Netflix instead of <laughs> like making Apple TV shows better. Like, yes. <laughs> if, if you want, if you are afraid of hay eating at your market share, invest some of your trillion dollars in your fucking email. And that's, and that's I the, thought email the, hasn't changed in a decade. This is yeah, the most frustrating really thing about it is it's like the argument. It's lazy. I, I keep trying to boil it down to this one again, fights with people about this. I'm like, can you how do you can like can you make an argument for how that's worse for people to have more choice like <laughs> like i can't if there was if it was cheaper or there was options for developers how is it worse for the end user and there's no like the worst case scenario is like oh maybe it's like slightly insecure apple is responsible for that too they would have to invest in making it more secure to do it other ways like it's just it drives me crazy um i think that like we'll see it's going to take years I don't think it's going to go well for them. So, years. Um, I have to eject myself. You should keep talking. Like, just keep. No, going. no. Let's wrap it up. Okay. I think we're we have. Uh, Sorry, I get really we... worked up about Apple stuff. Come talk to me about it in Discord. We had a really good debate about it. Well, speaking of it, speaking of that exact thing, WWDC is on Monday. Let's hang out. And so we're in gonna Discord. do. We I'll do stream something. it in there. Okay, I'll find cool. a way to stream it in. I think I can do it. I figured out OBS recently. Um, cool. Yeah. So but we should do an episode around it. Yes. Next week. So yes. look forward to that as well. All right. Show notes at chargepodcast.com. I will definitely put them up as soon as this is published because there's very important links. Uh, email us hey at chargepodcast.com if you have an opinion. It's a hydro. hydro? Hi. It's both. I have both because I charged at hey.com. <laughs> yeah. I should have bought that. Um, otherwise, thank you for listening. We appreciate you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Oh, okay. that was the thing I forgot to say is right. um, t- the bad thing about Twitter is if you made your like screen name on Twitter, hashtag Black Lives Matter, mm. every single one of your tweets would show up in the hashtag. Whoa. That's no. bad. Weird design. Okay. Okay. So anyone Which... that has that in their, in their name, please just remove it. Stop spamming. <laughs>